0: Welcome to Women About Business, a weekly conversation where we focus on African women being about our business. I'm Miss Abba, join myself and Kimberly Ofori as we dive into the world of noted entrepreneurs and learn more on how to start, run and grow your business.
1: To um, find out more about her story and about the brand, I'm such a fan yeah. of just how brands can grow and the stories behind it. Because I think you know, everybody can have a yeah. product. You know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But how do yeah. you create a successful brand, right? And especially yeah. when you're crossing borders and um, you know, in a in a in a market or in a space that would seem to be very saturated. Yeah. I just find really yeah. exciting to see people actually doing their thing and making something happen still and doing it well mm-hmm. yeah. and being African. Okay, I'm done.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, and, and one one of the things I really liked uh, when I briefly talked to her, she was like, you know, because um, she, she came to a point where she had to consider, am I going to focus on it? And she was like, this is a business that's actually... You know, it's, it's, it's making money on its own. So I was like, wow, if you can get to that point where it's making money on its own. Yes. Get, show me your magic. Come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. So, I um, think so, our audience I'm, is gonna learn a lot from, from this. And uh, I think this is just absolutely. another example of exactly why we started this show, right? Which is just about sharing journeys and experiences and helping other people get there
0: yeah exactly exactly on point with that absolutely and for those of you who uh, just tuned in um, welcome to women about business with myself alongside uh, Kimberly Ofori where we dive into the world of women uh, owning their business I think it's uh, pretty much that that's all that's all we can say uh, about that (laughs) Uh, shout out to uh, Kristalina Ajamain who just tuned in Uh, if you can if you will if you're listening to us on Facebook, feel free to, to repost, reshare um, in, in whatever women entrepreneur groups and whatever so that, you know, people could have a taste of, uh, of this. Uh, but without further ado, um, let me just introduce our, our special guest who we have here on the show. Um, she is British-born Ghanaian and founder and chief executive of the award-winning beauty brand colorbox Cosmetics Ltd. She moved to Ghana in 2014 to establish the affordable luxury brand, which focuses on catering to the beauty needs of modern, yet often undeserved women of color. Her passion and experience within the beauty industry spans across 14 years, uh, with fast experience, including numerous client-facing roles, developing efficient operational logistics and head-sparing innovative marketing strategies. That and among so much more, I'm sure she's going to share with us uh, more about that and how she did it. Uh, let's welcome uh, Stephanie Adutu uh, to this. And if you can't comment, just say welcome in the comment box. Uh, let's do that. Hey, Stephanie, how are you? Hi, girls, I'm fine. How are you girls doing? Very well, very well. You're looking all glam. this like, you know, representing the color blown. box.
1: All over the screen, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here for. So glad that you're here. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> now, now we can hear you, exactly.
1: I'm thinking our
2: hotspots, if it breaks again, just let me know and I'll just hotspot it from my phone just so have a, a backup.
0: Right, now, now we, we can hear you yeah, there. Let's, let's just go for it. Awesome. So how have you been, Stephanie? How was your, your Sunday?
2: relaxing you know as an entrepreneur you know these times are just times and you know and we've got something kind of big coming up so i'm now just taking the time sundays are a bit quieter to just just think maybe watch a webinar or two chill you know just yeah. touching my thoughts before before a busy week ahead
0: right exactly right. um how have you been this lockdown how how has this period been for you, you know, business wise, where are you in this place? Where is Stephanie right now?
2: I'm I'm actually pretty low maintenance. I feel like if you if you've lived in Ghana before by yourself, you're not yeah. a stranger, sometimes isolated or not not lonely, but alone. So you you kind of build uh I'm not too sure, but you build like a bubble around yourself where you learn to manage your emotions. So it's not really been mm-hmm. Too, too different from, you know, I, I would say, like, perhaps me being in Ghana for a prolonged period of time if I'm really focused or really busy and I'm just, just, like, doing my thing. So, yeah. i have actually kind of low maintenance. I mean, I'm here in London with my husband. This is the longest time me and my husband have spent together, so that has been more interesting rather than, you know, right. the whole quarantine period. I've been, I've been pretty low maintenance so far, so, yeah, not, not, not all bad, not all bad.
1: <laughs> I love that so um, so we have obviously a bunch of questions for you and we're gonna try to compress this in like 40 minutes right and try to get like the good good so apologies for getting straight to the point with you today um, but please can you tell us um, just in like a brief, of recap what you have been doing for the past decade or so and how you got here so um
2: after completing university and biomedical sciences i then went into the financial industry to work in canary wolf for an investment bank i was there for a few years but then i caught the entrepreneurial bug a little bit that industry kind of uh, opens your eyes and your imagination to what is possible outside of a nine-to-five you know, mm-hmm. so um, I've always loved cosmetics, selling it all the way through uni. I just loved the what the option it gives women. I loved how um, it lets women empower themselves if they choose. Um, so it was one of those things that I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go into cosmetics. So I took some time and I thought the UK is quite saturated and I thought you'd need a lot of money yeah. to make some impact, you know, if you're going to start a business here. So I then went, after a few conversations, I then went to Ghana to do some research to see if this was viable, if this was something yeah. that possible, you know, possible and actually like a feasible, not a hobby, but an actual business. Um,
1: yeah.
2: After I, I concluded that it was, and then I jumped right in with my own money, a few products. And I've been trying to grow the brand aggressively ever since.
1: Amazing. Wow. Wow! So I love the transition. It's it's like, and for most of the women that we have had on the show thus far, um, it's always been kind of a very conscious decision at some point. So something led to something else. So you had that bug, but then the conscious decision to kind of, you know, decide: Look, am I going to do this as a side hustle, or is this going to be my business? And am I am I going to go hard? Right? Am I going to make this into something big? Uh, so what was it for you that triggered you to say, you know what, I am going to do this full time and I'm going to make this as big as it can be?
2: So um, the industry was going, a financial crisis, um, obviously in the, in, the, in the sector was really quite, even though I was more of a junior role, so I was fairly safe. I understood very clearly that the sector or the, the role that I was in was shrinking right. and by machines. And I was also Mm. not married, young enough, um, and had, you know, small, small money to try something. So it was like a window of opportunity. If I'm gonna do it, it's gonna be now.
1: Yeah.
2: And I just said, you know what, let me just try. If at any case, the two years it doesn't work out, I have no problem coming back here, finding a job, starting again. Like those things don't really phase phase me in that sense. But it's just like, Mm. you have one life, there's a window, Let's just see, Mm -hmm. let's just try and go for it.
1: Right, right, right. And it's funny because we could easily skip over this because I think we're all here at this kind of round circle. We have that mentality. But there are so many women out there who feel as though it could be the end of the world if they, and so you have this mentality of, you know, I need to figure my stuff out first. Let me, you know, try safe. Um, There has to be something in, and I, in the, from the journeys that I've heard thus far, there's something that either shaped you to become the way that you are now in terms of how you think of risks and how you see risk and what you consider to be a risk in the first place. <laughs> and also that pushes you to, and drives you to get, um, to push further and get something done. So do you, can you, would you, if you're looking back, are there certain events or things that you recognize in yourself, maybe in your characteristic that, Uh, you would say, have contributed to you thinking the way that you think and actually getting out there and doing what you're doing. I mean, I I
2: attribute um, a bit of that to, again, banking. You quickly realize that in this big role where people are getting paid a lot of money, you know, nobody really knows. Yeah. Yeah. The market, nobody knows the market. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a beautiful combination of knowledge and luck. So yeah. in, in that case, you then you understand that, wow, like really nothing ever certain. You can never assume anything. So it shapes your mindset um, in that way a little bit, to be just open, to just be open to the fact of, you know, things may go wrong, you can try your best to just, you know, correct it and just, you know, move on. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I don't think there was anything other than surrounding myself with people in that industry, I think. And just being living in it day to day, I think for me was the 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 catalyst, because you know right. all of my family are very stable jobs, nine to five,
1: mm. years, yeah,
2: you know, that kind of thing. And they would have loved for me to be a dentist. That was the thing they would have loved for me to be a dentist.
0: But <laughs> right.
2: And after studying pharmacology, I knew that the science gig was not for me. And yeah. I, lab I'm you know no this is not I'm not gonna do another five years of school to be a dentist right no yeah but at the same time I knew he's successful and you know and I was like you know there's a there's an opportunity I'd never heard about how people can get into finance and banking I'd never heard about you know what it takes to get in there what sort of person is in there so it was just an opportunity with an organization that sponsors ethnic minorities that are doing well at school.
1: Right.
2: Just open the door and just say, you know what? The, the world is big. The world is really mm-hmm. big. Open up your mm-hmm. eyes and see you know, the possibilities that are before you. Right.
0: Yeah. Love
1: that. Yeah. Love-
0: so one thing that I'm wondering um, is how how were you able to kind of calculate your steps ahead? Because you even mentioned that you did uh, a form of research before you started off. And um, one of the things that I know uh, from my line of work with working with returnees, their business and things. One of the like the weak points is people not having a good, you know, as in terms of a research before they yeah. really get things started. How were you able to calculate that and, and really manage your steps well to make this to the success that it is?
2: So you know the understanding of like knowledge plus a little bit of luck. Well I'm a Christian, right? So I will replace luck with faith. So and uh, a little bit of faith, but in the essence of your move to Ghana cannot solely. If there's an emotional aspect to it, but it can't solely be emotional. That same right. research you have if you were moving to Africa, if you're moving to China, that same research or that, that you prepare yourself. Is the same thing you need to do if you're moving to. Energy. I don't care if you've been there every summer like I did. I don't care. If you've
0: <laughs> right.
2: Grew up there as a child. Things yeah. Like it, it is not the same. So you need to have that same level of preparation, research that goes into that. So I mm-hmm. think, and I've seen, I see it all the time. It's a very emotional move. move. I'm not happy here. You think you're gonna be happy over there all the time if you move there? No. <laughs> it comes from here. It does come from here. The environment helps, but it, it, it's all really about here. I'm telling you, 100, 100 people would understand. Maybe, maybe I just like Ghana as a holiday. So maybe I'm just gonna like really enjoy Ghana as a holiday, and that's not a bad thing. It doesn't. Yeah. And then, But other people would be like, you know what? This is actually where I want to have my impact and I'm willing to, to take everything that comes with it. And then that person is more likely to stay and have an act. So that's the thing with returnees all the time. You can't just base it only solely on emotion. Right. Right. Right.
0: right. I love that. So really what I I love from that, it was just breaking in between. So I'll just repeat, uh, you know, what I, uh, what I heard you saying is um, traveling back and forth is not enough. Um, you know, the fact that you grew up there is not enough. You really have to be, you know, on the ground, knowing how the market works, you know, to have some sort of research to know that once you launch, what you want to offer to the market is going to work. Um, so I, I would like to know.
2: Most likely to work. You'll right. Never... <laughs> that one. Didn't right. Work. Right. But you've done <laughs> it's yourself. That. i see um
0: so one thing that i want to know was then um color box the way it is now was it the same as what you had in mind or did the research flip some of that around really curious to know uh, so so the bit was um you know was was box as it is now the same as which you started uh before that research because we know that research could sometimes flip your whole concept around, um, how, how where where's the differences? How did that go? Tell us a bit about that.
2: So, I mean, every returnee comes with naivety. To the, to, so you'll think that there's nothing there, you know, what you're gonna bring is gonna revolutionize or, you know, it's gonna take off. But when you go there and you realize, actually, there are women there, they are wearing makeup, so you need to figure out, okay, so where are they buying the makeup? What makeup are they buying? How is that business model structured so that you understand it's not like just because you launch a new brand and you're from London that everybody's going to be paying attention to (laughs) you. Right. So, you know, like that, you need to have that humility at the same time to be like, actually, there's a whole structure, industry population of women here that are very comfortable in how they're doing their things already. So whatever you're trying to bring, it has to be... Um, you know, better or something unique, or have some sort of benefits to where or to see how you kind of fit yourself in. So, I initially actually had an investor to back me to launch a foreign brand in Ghana, and the logic behind that was to learn, basically, just from a foreign brand before I launched my own. Yeah.
1: Right.
2: The investor fell through, and that story is incredibly common. My story is yeah. not uncommon. It's not at your, you know, something will will go wrong. Um, but I was still because I've done the research of going around to the actual makeup stores, finding every makeup store I could find just to ask questions, going around to different brands, asking women, like doing all of that. Um, research I really concluded that there was actually a space in the market for a particular affordable luxury sector, right? Had the makula China, poor quality, and then you had, you know, <laughs> right. um, Mac or people that brought in brands from um, outside, and that still does happen, but it's obviously priced more because um, they have to buy it at the original price, ship and sip it in, and then make a profit. So they, yeah. I just figured, you know what, there's really like a, 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 a bracket there. Now, because of my own funds, I had to choose only three products, and they were based on tools. So, tools—something that was very common to us, maybe over here, beauty blenders—and um, common, not not common over there, just over there, but were really hard, or you know, there was, there was, there, there wasn't like the best quality. So, I just chose yeah. three, three products and started to advertise and build from those um And then from then on, been growing. Because if you're really gonna launch an actual like cosmetic brand, my belief is that if you're gonna do foundations, concealers, powders, you need to come like Fancy Beauty. Don't, don't mm-hmm. That's hard. Like that's hard. You need to come with a band and be like, yeah, like
1: right. I think you know what. What I recognize is really funny. I, in in uh, 2016. I made a similar transition. So I was working as a wealth management advisor. I was looking for something different to do. At the same time, there was this whole kind of boom of um, hair extensions being purchased online versus in the stores, right? And so I remember very well that firstly, I I was thinking there's so much money to be made, but um, at the same time, the there's there's so much competition and then secondly the thing was i thought that i was special because i had built two brands before so i was gonna hack it right so <laughs> i came with this brand um <laughs> i came with this brand overly confident and um i was like yeah and i'm gonna ship this hair and i'm just gonna you know um go premium pricing because Well, I know what I'm doing, and I know I'm going to give people premium customer service. So I felt like it was was justified based on things that nobody was going to know until they purchased, right? So (laughs) um, all of these things about the quality of the hair, about the customer service, all of that doesn't matter. If you think that you're the bomb.com, like nobody cares. They're just trying to find out, can I relate to your brand? Are you speaking to my needs in your messaging communication so it took me about six months to find out that yeah you're not that special one and secondly um, you didn't do your research or your target audience. And thirdly um, you haven't chosen who you are trying to reach right yeah so I and so I kind of had to go back to the drawing table to the drawing board. And look at okay, who are the kind of the type of people that I can reach with with what I'm trying to do? And so I saw in that space, like you said, there were the premium hair, you know, suppliers that were shipping from the states or directly from Vietnam or wherever it was coming from. And then you had the Chinese AliExpress hair that was just being resold. And so I was trying to be in the middle of that, making sure that the hair was premium enough um, but right. affordable. And so I went in and I looked at, okay, what are these other brands not doing? And so I saw that there was a lot of things that were not going on in terms of educating what you could do with your hair, you know, having all of these kind of accessories, hair care products, but also things like simple things like your packaging, like not just shipping it in a plastic bag, right. But making sure that it's an experience Um, and having these conversations with women about, you know. Why do you wear the kind of hair that you wear? You know, how do you feel about you know when you're like you're wearing your curls today? They're popping. You've locked something in. Like, how did you make that happen? It's not just about oh, what type of hair is it? Because I have been there where people tell me, oh, I bought this brand and you buy it and it doesn't look the same. Like, (laughs) I'm disappointed. (laughs) And so I remember very well yeah like that's not what it looked like so it was so i really went down that route when where i looked like how can i make the hair in the picture look the way uh look that same way on you and so this is something that i that that worked for me then the brand started exploding because people were like wow you know it's not just the hair yeah buy this hair and then watch this video like that's yeah. or Uh, watch the tutorial or call her you know and so that's how i hacked that market it was very labor intensive probably wasn't scalable for the long run but it did get me the initial the initial kind of buzz around it and then people just started to assume that okay this is something that i can work with and then you know you get that going but i think we often at times forget how much time it takes for you to educate your market especially when you're you know it's we just like you yeah. said there are so many assumptions after we think we've eliminated the assumptions mm-hmm. and so absolutely your next task as a brand is always and forever going to be educating don't right. think because you posted once that this is you know how you what your product stands for that people are magically going to remember and go back to your first page from 2016 about when you posted it <laughs> People need to know, you need to reiterate, you need to re, you know, tell them the message in different ways. And what I love about the way that you have positioned your brand is that it's not just about, hey, here's a nice stick for your face. Like it's about, <laughs> let's talk about what we're doing, how yeah. this is going to uplift you. This is a stick with power for you. That's how I feel when I'm looking at your brand. I'm like, okay, this yeah. is actually, bringing me life
2: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love that So yeah it's really, and I think some like you can go into it thinking because this is my first business my first brand I'm very clear on what I want it to look like because I have like almost like an example or um i know innately when i see it i know that's what i want yeah i just trying to constantly work towards it but you don't know the, all the answers you don't know the right route to take you don't know how to get there mm. and you're just kind of figuring yeah out, though but just as you said the education is such a huge part and that's something that i for the rest of 2020 is really trying to put as much research into as possible to figure right. out yeah what does my lady want what do they want and how can i give yeah. it to them you know yeah. because in the most effective way because that's content is very capital and time like consuming and extensive so yeah like it needs to be and it's it's a, and it's a constant ongoing thing yeah. constantly as you're growing but yeah education is definitely something and just hum, you just again you need the humility to feel like okay right i didn't do this well okay so let me go back but you as you said that yeah. like, you I give up you're like okay right i've got the goods now i need to figure out what i'm going to do right
0: mm-hmm. right yeah
2: many people would be like you know what i'm out you know, I, I tried, tried. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> this situation and that is number one in gun okay this is the situation how am i going to resolve this <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: but again yeah. again i feel as though this has and i keep saying this you can can have entrepreneurial skills that are going to make sure that you have that conversation with yourself. And so there are a lot of people who go into it and they may be commercially minded, they may have a kick for business, but that entrepreneurial skill that... Comes in the form of either perseverance, persistence, or thinking out of the box, or really, you know, just putting your head down and saying, "Well, this didn't go. This didn't go as planned. Yeah, let's, let's try again. Pick yourself up and try again." That is something I feel. Yes, you can learn, but it also needs to be part of kind of who you are. Uh, yeah, so it needs
2: like a fundamental backbone. Issue. Yes. When you fall, you know that's going to be there in in you to pick you up.
1: Absolutely, yeah. you need to have something to tap into. Right.
2: Like if you get I... used to somebody else being like that for you, when that person's not there, it's not it's not. There. Mm. So not really. going to be
1: pretty. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, I love that. So did did you ever have a moment where you're like listen, I need to go back, I need to, <laughs> I need my 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 bed and and whatever? Could, could you share a bit about you know those moments and what did you do?
2: I mean, I'm very honest. Like, guys, I'm gonna be very honest, okay? <laughs> so, um, <Please. laughs> I was there for, I think, two years straight without coming back. For someone like myself, who likes and likes comforts, that is not a good idea. So I understood very quickly that I need to be going back and forth for my creative campus, for the way I live in the world and for this thing is tough <laughs> 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 yeah it's worth it and if you not have those conversations at part of your journey I don't I don't believe yeah, yeah. right like could you're going to be entrepreneurship rich to 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 limits that you never knew about yourself right but at the same time it really does like there's so many graphs like entrepreneurship is literally like
1: (laughs) like right
2: down you have a high then you have a low then you have a high then you have a low so
1: um,
2: yeah but i think the the biggest moment which is very drastic was i had a a very bad car accident in ghana Mm.
0: oh
2: there is this is
0: Mm
2: -hmm. this is a health care system this is um, ability to get access to healthcare structures. That's yeah. what you really, really understand, personally. So I had to, mm-hmm. I had like a whole situation where like cracked lungs, no, cracked ribs, punctured lung, my, my testing burst, I broke one of the bones in my back. Like I oh was- my God. A big accident. And my mum my had to float, um, flew down my then um, boyfriend, now husband, flew down and was like, right, we need to get you out of here. Because three weeks, three weeks there, I had some um, not nice experiences in the hospital. Mm. So flew, I flew back there. I had to, It took me about a year, and a, a year and a half to recover fully. I had to, learn how to walk again on crutches. I had to learn how to eat again. I had to learn how to do everything.
0: Oh, wow.
2: To, but through all of that, right, how, and this is how I know that color box was next. After a year and a half, I still came back to a functioning business. And that yeah. is wow. damn impossible, you know? Like, so I was thinking, do you know what? There's a combination of things. That maybe I've done some things right. But it's obviously a clear sign that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. I, I would have still been in Ghana hustling, doing what I need to do to drive the brand it wasn't because of the brand that I that I had to it was because of this after that was one of those moments that you're really like you know what could I sell this to somebody like is this do I really wanna but then you really like, the bottom line is you've been out of the country for over a year and a half and it's still making money like huh
0: <laughs> so, yeah <laughs>
2: yeah I, 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 clear sign let me figure out how I can how I can build on this. Right, was a a fraction of when I was there, but it was still making Um, And still had the support of the the distributors, still had everything. um, That was definitely like the toughest moment, but there's been other ones, like after an event where I've been so frustrated where I don't think it's gone as well as I wanted it to be, but the feedback has then been awesome, and been like that was great, Stephanie. That was great color box. And I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> clear my standards of what I want to, what I want to do were like really, really up there. But yeah.
1: Right, right. It's so amazing to hear this part of the story as well, because I think, again, it it does show so much about you as a, as a person. And as a, does. As a business owner. Um, yeah. You know, resilience is one thing. I think... Coming out of that, it could have pushed you, and and you could have said, you know what, I've had my adventure, and this is good, and now let's go back to a safer place. Not just because it it could have happened anywhere, you know, it's not about it happening in Ghana, but I think the whole idea and the combination yeah. of things and circumstances could have pushed you and say, and people would have given you a pat on the back and say, well, well done, you've had a good run, right? So yeah. I, feel, I feel that you know this this. It's such an important conversation to have and something to share that, you know, in as much as I don't, this it doesn't define you if you're going to choose to step away from the entrepreneurship game. But I do think that it translates into your brand, just exactly the kind of person that you are. And that's what I'm trying to say. So, well, thank you so much for sharing that very personal experience. That must have been yeah. something else. Um, that is. Changing. It's a testimony because, you know,
2: that saying where they say, you know, thank God you don't look like what you've been through. Like, right. Like, it's, it's, it's,
0: <laughs> yeah, this is this is one
2: of them. One of them where, like, and it's like every single day. I still got my battle scars, but I'm just like, wow, like, I
1: yeah.
2: am miracle. And it's something that I actually share. This is not something that you can do prior to your yourself. No. Yeah. So,
0: you
2: know, this is one of those situations where I'm really hoping that it will encourage someone. You know, that makes going through to step away also from the emotion, but look at like what you built. Is it still running? Is it still worth? To look mm-hmm. at all of of,
1: of, of argument. I love this. Yeah. I absolutely love this, especially in my line of work, where what I do with com- with companies and founders is check: is your company going to be operational without you that's all that I care about because at the end of yeah. the day you can make this much revenue when you are in the operations all the time that's really cute but when you step out what happens so and yeah. that that's when you know whether or not you have built a sustainable business or not and of course revenue is going to jump back but it's all yeah. about you know what what is breaking when you're not around and if those things can be fixed are easily fixable then you're on the right track so I think that it's been really remarkable to hear your story. That after a year and a half, this was still making money, which brings me to my question right now. Um, so your business—do you have staff? Do you have how? How do your operations look like as of today? This
0: question. Yeah, and and how 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 did you? At what stage was it when when you realized when you had your accident and you realized wait this is still making money?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the staffing one, I feel like if we were to, if we were to solve that situation in Ghana, where there is a viable youth, youthful population that are, that have critical thinking and are ready to work, the country will develop so much quicker. And that is happening, that is changing. However, after going through a high staff turnover, and sometimes it's still happening, um, you come to understand that it starts from an educational level. It's not—it's nothing personal. It's nothing. It's just—it's just the um, educational level in terms of just one thing: critical thinking. Just—just just one thing, which is not taught in schools. Have someone that can—that can, that can um, think for themselves and. Then- oh, do you know what, I think this will be better, or I think that will be better, you know, or you try to, and it's very hard to teach as well. It's very hard to teach um, at, at when someone's already 21, 22. Yeah. You know, that, that I think, is something that is, is probably the main factor about why people have issues with staffing. On top of one other thing, in most emerging countries, Ghana included, there is very little consequence to anything. If you steal, if you borrow, Mm -hmm. if whatever, whatever. there is little. (laughs) So it's it's almost seen as really OTT to take that staff member who has stolen, drop them off at the police station and let their parents come and pick them up. That is OTT. But I've come to understand that being a young woman in Ghana, there is a hierarchy when it comes to respect, unfortunately. Old man, old woman, young man, young woman, right?
0: So wow. I yeah.
2: Facts. Always come with a little bit more vim to show you there's a, check, there's, there's a line that shouldn't be crossed. Right. And cross that line, I am absolutely going to fulfill all the things that you think I'm not going to do. So, like, because and they, my staff know it. I absolutely love them. Um, and you know, there may be one chance where I'll I'll, I'll give them just one one chance, but I don't leave any room for margin with them. I'm always expecting the best for them. But they know, if you've been with me for seven years, or you've been with me for two months, if I catch you stealing, me and you are going to have a very nice afternoon at police station. Your mother, or your father, or your auntie's going to come pick you up, and we're going to have a start to have a conversation. That is the, that, that, that is, you know, but that is what I feel like because there's no consequence. Someone can beg, someone just come and just disappear. The, the policeman, the policeman will even tell you, oh, why are you worrying? She just stole, like, makeup brush. Like, Wait, what, what is it? What is it <laughs> wow. And like, there, there,
0: there's
2: no, if things are so chill there. It's not like, oh, I'm going to take it to court. To where? Who's going to court, please? No one's going to court. <laughs> the court system, if you have time, and money to waste that's where you're gonna go i'm gonna right to- so i need to have other like deterrents in place that will show you that i'm gonna love you but at the same time color is my child and if you abuse my child there's gonna be consequences
1: and that's layout for us how how and thank you for sharing that i think there's I don't want to go too deep into this because that's probably another talk that we need That's part two. That's <laughs> a different conversation. But uh, so how big is your team? How did you get to the stage where you are now? Can yes. you just share a little bit on that? Um, um, my team
2: now are three permanent members. I'm about to hire a virtual assistant to the team. And then I also have four part-time that... Come to do like new activations, or if there's some extra work on the side, they will come into the office.
1: Right.
2: Uh, how I kind, how I found them is that either I've been studying you for a long while, or I've seen you, I've observed you, or you've been with me. So usually, like, there's maybe one person at the anchor. You still, you still go hard on them, but that person knows your heart in the sense that, that this is a good person. You know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I don't. And then that person will spread their energy. The be people coming onto business. Yeah. So, but that's, that's simply it. Like three permanent, I'm um, hiring one, and four part-time.
1: Right. And did you have staff at the time that you were, um, at the time of your accident and you were recovering?
2: Yeah. So I had one permanent and one backup. Part- right. Yeah, one. Backup. So I knew that business was going to scale down um, and, the, and the business wasn't that big it wasn't that much at that time okay? yeah but, and they knew me by then so I had I had real systems in place checks and balances to make sure that you know I can figure out what's going on and they know I'm going to check like I'm not I'm not, not going to I'm going to check <laughs> so well, <there's, laughs> that, is, that is that are going to act as safety nets yeah but help is that um the girl at the time was staying in a section, like an outdoor section of my house. Mm. She had more to lose than just, you know, an average person that would take up the business. Right. So right. They of course um But yeah, there was potentially one, but if she perhaps maybe got sick or maybe for some wild reason, she thought she's not gonna work or whatever, then there was always a backup person. Um, yeah. School?
1: Okay. Great. Yeah. So, okay. So that shows gonna, that yeah, it is. And so kudos on that growth. You know, um, I don't, I don't know if there are a lot Absolutely. of people listening today that understand how difficult it is to transition from being a solo entrepreneur to actually having staff that you're responsible for, but are also that you're giving responsibility to. So uh, that is, um a huge yeah. transition not only because it's responsibility it's also um it could feel like an extra weight oh, yeah. um, okay am i doing the right thing handing this out to these people what if what if what if but also there are mistakes that you're now accountable for that you may have not made and so are you going to look at it from you know you, you have to step aside and, you know, stay professional. So look at the business th- uh, professional uh, side of things and the business side of things. And, okay, are, have you built that into your margins? There are so many different things that you now have to consider. Um, and yeah. also you're responsible responsible for some people's family paycheck. And so that is also a responsibility that you have to bear. So it's a use transition. So can you tell us a little bit more about where you see Colorbox going? What is that? I know you're not going to share with us your grand grand vision but give us a little bit of the vision
0: <laughs>
1: what can we look out for <laughs> I,
2: um next next month yes we're in august now next month Oh, different for the period of this month we're now going to be um telling everybody about our evolution the brand is evolving wow so yeah the brand is really evolving in terms of you know additional team members we uh, additional products, additional accessories, mm. additional content, additional upgraded packaging. Like there's a whole transition, again, that's happening on the business side. Um, mm. so that That is incredibly um, intense, but really exciting. Right exciting, now. yeah. Um, we've taken the time for the few years that we've done this to kind of analyze um, the market. What do the ladies say they want? What actions have they taken to prove to me that actually they're ready for what we're trying to bring? Um, And then just really kind of put it into, uh, as you said, like we're calling it the CB evolution, right? And then we're going to make sure that this really brings to light. And in terms of like our vision, pre-corona, pre-corona we had plans to travel a lot around the country because there are, I really feel like people people are not valuing that there are women in other cities around Ghana that would love the opportunity to have a free makeup class with Colorbox, with a makeup artist, teaching them yeah. how to do products. That can actually afford the, the products as well. So that was definitely something yeah. that we do to do and will do after um, things calm down. Also, right. wanted to um, start to, to delve into other countries in sub-Saharan Africa. We've got a distributor in Kenya. We have a distributor in Nigeria. So it's something that we wanted to just start to observe, study, um,
1: yeah.
2: and delve into that as well. You know, and just try to think logistically: how is this going to work? And see, right. like dip, dip our big toe in, and just try and figure out how this is going to work. Um, but I definitely want to have a really good grasp of Ghana. Like I, yeah. we went to Farsi last year like the turnout was awesome you know yeah. and they into a you know the sales weren't that that much but the relationship that we built with the women that we're right. now do, that's what we need to be doing you know mm-hmm. so it's expanding all across the key cities in ghana yeah sub-saharan africa and since i'm here in london now and there's a bit of a growing demand to set up a as low maintenance as possible <laughs> for, um, of <laughs> here because there are fulfillment houses here there are you know it's not as intensive as you know as doing it sure.
1: yeah yeah
2: that's that's basically the plan.
1: Wow exciting I love
0: that I'm even looking forward to it like I, I, I want to come to Kumasi and, <laughs> and, and 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 be a part of that um just um before we're almost gonna uh, round up going into the last uh, 10 minutes for those of you who are listening we're talking to stephanie Adu, uh founder ceo mastermind behind uh, colorbox uh, ltd which is uh, such a major um a cosmetic brand in in ghana and she already talked about expanding to uh, to new markets so if you have a question and i know a lot of makeup artists out there are listening a lot of uh, ladies that are thinking of somewhat introducing uh, their line whether that be hair care or any other thing into a new market a pan-african market so uh, feel free to shoot uh, a question Uh, make sure that you drop them in the comment box either you're listening on youtube or facebook so that we can share it with uh, with stephanie um, what I really would like to know from you, Stephanie, is uh it's a bit of marketing. That's really my thing. Um uh, I, I really think it's it's I always say this to entrepreneurs as they explore the Ghanaian market. You really have to let go of everything Europe, because this is not, you know, it's it's not UK, Netherlands or whatever. Could you uh share with us in in terms of marketing, like what were some of the interesting observations? that you had, that you know, okay, I have to do this a bit different. My approach has to be different. I may have to translate this or this in another way. Could you share a bit about that?
2: So I, I very quickly understood that my role in marketing is very top level, but my staff can sell better than me. The, le- the, the ladies understand each other.
0: They understand
2: mm. how to talk to each other. They understand when to push, when not to push. They understand what literally they mean. When they say a powder brush, like I can say that I, I can say that means something to me, but usually my staff would know exactly the question to ask to understand what do you mean by you need just a powder bus? Like what actually do you want it to do? You know? So my yeah. my marketing is very top level, more social media, more representative, they're gonna feel close to me. I'm more than happy to get close to them so they understand that like, I'm real, I'm here and I actually care. But when it comes to that grassroots, some of my girls can actually sell much better than me. Because it's it's, it's literally Mm in that that terms of marketing. So that's something I really understood. And other than that, like, I used to watch a lot of local TV. Because TV is not going to help the women.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And the level of makeup that they have. The level of makeup that they like. What do they appreciate about certain types of makeup? Who are they watching? Who are they looking up to? Mm. If my mind can 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 not empathize but understand, then I know again how to market, or I know how to hype the thing, or it puts me in a better position. Because one of my like one of my my worst nightmares is for me to think that you know I, I'm that, for me to feel disconnected from the lady that I'm trying to serve. So I try to really like understand. Like, who are they where can i find them how you know when i how do i how do i communicate with them and then i try my best with my team i always ask my team to put their efforts and see how i can figure it out yeah.
1: wow i love that you said that you're using your staff especially for that kind of connection because and also mentioning the fact that some of them are better sellers as you, because that's what you want. That's the position where you want to be in, right? Cause you're not going to be the one in the store. So they better be better than you at selling in the first place. <laughs> but also, you know, you need that kind of, um, especially when it comes to branding, when I don't believe there are any products that really speak for themselves or sell themselves, but there are some things that you're just going to grab regardless of the brand, right? It's going to sell. And I think in your case, it's so important to, like you said, understand what is the question behind the question, who is asking, why, at what time, all of these things. So um, I love that you're actually uh, aware and conscious of why you have made that decision. So in terms of like um, the messaging and (laughs) we're talking about speaking to Ghanaian women in particular, I feel as though a lot of brands have missed an opportunity to really speak to Ghanaian women where they are or African women where they are mm-hmm. and just go like, all of you are gonna want us because we're an international brand, right? <laughs> Is this an approach that you take differently? And if so, how do you do that? And how does it work out for you? <laughs> Arrogance,
2: like, but you I understand why you would think that coming in because that's how, you're, you're, it's natural to think that you come from London which has everything. They're going to a new market that maybe has some limited resources so you think automatically one plus one must equal two you know better or you know what they would need but yeah when you understand that there's a whole structure you understand it's quite arrogant but it's innocent arrogant so you have to understand. you have to be like the biggest sellers they're the the marketing that they are doing is so grassroots the billboard ladies do not have highlights and contour you know like what <laughs> appealing you to, to the masses is not what appeals to you so you have to really understand okay so maybe they don't have highlights and content maybe they've heard about it maybe they want to know about it so <laughs> the role to kind of like edge them up to the next level but it's not um, it's, it's just just again the humility aspect of it I understand yeah. mm-hmm. that there's a lot of brands they don't look like they're they're there for show they don't look like right i don't see i don't see buzz i don't see see women talking about it i don't hear women talking about it so but and so those are the things that i know is gonna is gonna impact my business like i need a buzz yeah i need people to post. i need people to feel proud to post right yeah that is kind of the approach but it's just more of a case of when you understand you don't know don't assume anything you're just coming into yeah. a new market no don't know nothing you're learning from scratch and, and that's, that's how
1: i think that's yeah. like the theme for this conversation has been throughout i see a red line throughout this conversation it's all about you know understanding that you don't know and then going for what you can learn
0: yeah yeah absolutely don't not making assumptions really uh really emphasizing that bit of understanding your market you know um hiring hiring staff that are better salespeople than you um there are so many like <laughs> key points in, in in this conversation um yeah. let's see let's see what uh what's, what are some of the questions uh that one has. i I think I saw one question and that is eben who who said you know what you need to ask her concerning pageantry um what what is it with pageantry have you have you been into pageants uh before could you share a bit about that
2: (laughs) that was when i was like much much younger much younger i would have been like but i do like i like the fact that i had that experience that was miss ghana uk yeah, Miss Ghana UK, and also another one where we had uh, different ladies from all around Europe, Germany, um, Holland, Italy, I feel, and UK, all coming to do a pageant in Ghana, and um, and living in one house. And even that was an experience because we realised, wow, like in London, you do have a little bit of that arrogance, like you, it's like dude, like the world is big, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are ladies everywhere that you know see life differently, etc. But I think it got me into. I think that got me into a little bit of modeling, and that has kind of helped my brand, where I am the first one to model. Yeah, first one. You'll see me everywhere on my page because it's easier. I don't have to manage it as anymore. you
0: should. I love it.
2: Yes, here yeah. for it. <laughs> that is 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 very, and I'm happy that at least I I have that.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: It gave me definitely confidence um, and, yeah, it was a good experience, a good experience. Yeah, I really, I, it definitely gave me, gave me something that contributed towards what I'm doing today for sure.
0: I love that. It's a bit of experience that uh, gives you a kind of a boost in what you do. Uh, uh, let me see. Also, shout out to uh, Hamid uh, Rahman, who said you are doing a good job. Thank you for the knowledge you or your team always uh, uh, provide us. Somebody's sharing some love and he, he happens to be male. That's super cool. Um, yeah. Another question from, uh, from Evan. Can I get your product for my wife in London?
2: Hey, Evan and me, him, we go to the same church in London, so he's just being cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> <He> just, <gasps> launched my brand in London. I will expect you to be the first one to patronize. <laughs>
1: forward to it in advance no but it's really exciting to hear that you are looking into that i think there's huge Mm -hmm. potential still especially i love kind of the reverse engineering i'm just going to call it that because it sounds cool Um, (laughs) Of you know starting in ghana and then bringing it back to london this is a ghanaian brand okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) i love that
2: Ghanaian women, I've understood than to UK women, so I'm now doing my yeah. research into yeah. ladies to make sure I can appeal to them. Right. Um,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it's and you know, with the whole light with black-owned businesses and you know stuff like that. Yeah. So I think it's interesting time to to um to figure out like how I can cement myself over here as well.
0: Yeah. So um, o- almost before we, uh, we round up, I just want to know, because you're sort of a semi-returnee, <laughs> as I would call it, um, you, you've taken on a great opportunity to study the market, introduce Colorbox as it is. Uh, what are some of the opportunities that you observe that are currently there, obviously outside of your industry or that you've been, yeah, been seeing back and forth? What are some of the opportunities that you see that returnees or diaspora should really take on?
2: That is, that's a very interesting question. Number one, because I'm totally like engrossed into into my industry. I don't know really a lot enough about other industries really. All I know is yeah. that um, cash cows are always a good idea. You know, so, you know, food businesses make a lot of money. You make you you can you have to have a bit of capital, but food businesses always um you know always tend to do a little bit well. Um, but I just think it should be something that the people whatever it is, it should be something that the people need, right? Not something Ooh. that you think they need, that the people actually need. Hmm. So usually, and, and there's this guy um, I don't know if you know him, a South African guy, business owner, Visi Timbaguayo. Yeah, you always say, You know. Yes, is there um, a gap in the market? But is there a market in the gap?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you, know,
2: you kind of figure, figure out. Um, just because you think an app is very cool, or just because you think you know whatever, you like what other systems in there? How? How? And your and the entry to market as well. But I think it's too broad. I I don't think there's. there's anything like off the top of my head that i can say like this is an amazing opportunity right now yeah everything right now but um i'll keep my eye on you know if you property having property airbnb is always a good idea always a good idea
0: yeah
2: Um, but yeah i think a lot more research cautious (laughs) a lot more research i need more research before i'll be like
1: yeah yeah this is right yeah Awesome, and so what would be your number one advice to anybody wanting to get into cosmetics around the globe, regardless of where they are? Mm.
2: I would say, um, to do things properly, do things the right way. And what I mean by that is um, ingredients, uh, the authorities that be involved, the marketing the packaging making sure that you are helping uh helping push it forward and not necessarily just trying to make a quick buck, but just i would say doing things the right way is is, it's not only what it's a long-term vision it's it's definitely long-term vision in terms of sustainability (laughs) the right thing
1: yeah i love that no it's such an important one to say oh i have one quick question when is the first time that you paid yourself your first paycheck?
2: Out oh of yeah, I started
1: not a date, but how long did it take? Let's put it that
2: way. With that for a while, that's a very still a common very big business mistake in terms of you know you think that the company money is your money. No, it's not. Yeah, not. <laughs> <laughs> especially with miscellaneous costs in Ghana that come out of nowhere. You know? <laughs> So, the, the, <laughs> but I think it was probably after like three years, right? Yeah, money, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and even now it's more like I even I try to do when I when I do have my UK. I try to separate it like my UK money and then Ghana money is totally separate. That's how I've managed. Yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right.
1: Right. Right. No, because I I love, I I think it's something that we might be asking all of our audience, uh, all of our guests, because like you said, it's such an important thing in your business to understand, you know, you're trying to make money and everything that you're doing, especially if you're bootstrapping, bootstrapping, which most of us will be doing, is that, you know, the money you're making needs to go back into the business. And so any expenses that you're covering that would include yourself are really Mm -hmm. expenses. It's not salary. And so that would mean traveling to get to your distributor right or things like that yes that is something that you'll take out of the business but it's not going to you it's not for your makeup right so that's I think an important distinction to make and what like a lot of companies fail just because of that simple mathematical I don't know how you want to call it mistake that they feel as though well now Mm -hmm. we have we've sold something so my profit was 50 euros. So that's my 50 euros. No, it's not your 50 euros. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. <laughs>
2: a, couple of, a couple of instances, it's been close where I'm like, Stephanie, yeah. that's 55% of the time, um, if the money's going to come from you. Yeah. Like 95%. Of the time. So don't think anybody, don't think anybody's, no one's here to fund anybody's dream.
1: That's just how the
2: world <laughs> So oh, you know, yeah. like you need for yourself first, uh, backed by your own money and your own grit. And if you're lucky enough to get somebody, you know, um, then that's fantastic. But it really is your own sweats tears, and cash that is has mm. to start to test, the pilot study to test if it's going to work or not.
0: Yeah. I love Thank that.
1: Thank you so much for Appreciate the insights and the lessons learned. Dropped so many gems. Uh, I know yeah. a lot of women uh, and men have learned a lot when it comes to business, you know, when it comes to perseverance, when it comes to having an idea, the concept, and actually executing on it, writing it out, taking the, the, the kind of the big and long haul, looking at, you know, the bigger picture, um, not thinking that you're going to, you know, have a quick success, but understanding that if you're going for it, you're going for it all the way. But also, what does it really require to get to where you are? Because we see all the glitter and glamour. Now you're all over the internet and you're big and you're huge. But what took you there has been a lot of effort, blood, sweat, and tears. And so thank you so much for sharing a little bit about that journey and helping everybody who was listening online, who was listening on the radio. Thank you so much for that, Stephanie. We appreciate it it's absolutely.
0: been a absolutely absolutely and really really giving us a, a, a raw view of, of what it takes to be an entrepreneur what that accident gosh I'm, I'm still thinking about it that, that must have been rough mm. you know coming back from that in
2: yeah gosh it was... yeah, yeah. it's like nothing is promised nothing, that's true you know? so just you just have to go for it like just have to go for it like yeah nobody outside of yourself cares as much as you will or will do so don't be thinking anybody's gonna validate you or anything like that like that really does need to come from yourself and you just need to go for it life goes on nobody's gonna die go for it if you fail you pick yourself up but just go for it
0: just go for it Um, on that note, uh, could you share with our les- listeners where, where they can find you online? How could they get in touch? How could they follow you? Where is that at?
2: So this is a really exciting time. So if anybody does want to follow the brand journey or just to see more of me or just to learn more about makeup application and color box the brand, I would say yeah. that Instagram and Facebook are going to be the best platform, especially as we transform over the next month. So Instagram is at Colorbox Cosmetics, but the Colorbox is spelled without the U. So that's at C-O-L-O-R-E-O-X Cosmetics, or one word. Same for Facebook. And we'll be launching our website at C. Um, hopefully at the end of the other month as well. Still the same. W-O-M- yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm sharing that on the timeline. So for all of you who are looking for it, you can find it on uh, on the convo on Facebook. And I know you're you're also kind of low key on your personal profile, so I won't even ask for your for your personal Instagram page.
2: This for me, it's not pleasure, it's business. So like, it's a lot. Of, go to my personal and do personal things, but I will be all day yes. off sharing everything. Like, if there's some exciting things going on.
0: Love it. Well, thank you very much, uh, Stephanie. Thank you so much for sharing your story. We'll be keeping an eye on you. Obviously, everywhere you go, we'll be looking forward to that uh, brand expansion. Uh, as you know, uh, with or without the going down of the COVID craziness.
2: Oh, Auntie Auntie Rona is not going to stop us from having having. So That's right. Trying-
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> well, th- th- thank
0: you so much, Stephanie. Have a have a great evening, and we'll we'll keep in touch.
2: Bye, ladies. <laughs> Bye. All
0: All right. Well, Kimberly, here we are again. Uh, our, our another uh, guest, where we have such a good good conversation, and I think that this this was definitely a story that gave us a raw, just a raw touch of, of what entrepreneurship really means, Absolutely. and embarking on a whole new market.
1: I loved it and i think again you know really touching on what we're trying to do with this show is going down into you know what's the real story and how do you really overcome some of these hurdles and obstacles so what do you do we overlook sometimes but are really important decisions that we have to make and things to consider when we are starting our own business so yeah yeah, i'm really appreciative with all the gems that were dropped and all the knowledge that was shared so yeah, yeah. I, I think this was another very valuable conversation. And I love just every time that we come together and we have these conversations with these women, I am pumped and energized. I'm like, yes, absolutely. You know? <laughs> <laughs> women, you know, I feel like there's so much power in, again, sharing these stories and it's, it's, yeah. it's transformational and it's just yeah. seeing having these role models and having people doing it, going before us. And then coming back and sharing with us how they did it—it's so important. Yeah, so we can all tap into our full potential.
0: Yeah, very, very much so. Very much so. It reminds me of uh, a, a sermon I listened to today by uh, by our reverend. He said, "You know what? God will always put uh, uh, what what you are looking for in somebody else. And in mm. order for you to really get it, it it takes honoring what that other person has, respecting it, celebrating it. You know, before you can rightfully have." what that person you're looking up to is, is having. And this is one of them that, you know, once we talk to people that are at that place where we aspire to be, you know, top notch or having faced challenges, once we get to learn of their story, celebrate their story, you know, we could be able to get out of it. What can make us unique and which could cause us to scale up. (laughs) uh,
1: Thank you for listening to women about business. Join us every week on Thursdays on this podcasting platform. Do you want to catch us live? Join us on our show on High Radio every Tuesday, 8 p.m. CET. Connect with us and join our discussions on Instagram or Facebook at Women About Business, or simply find me on Instagram at Ofori Kimberly.